What's up, NBA fans? A month and a half into the NBA season, close to one-fourth, a little over one-third of the year done in the books. Um, we had our first true playoff preview game this week in Warriors versus Suns, potentially a Western Conference preview. We got the Lakers figuring things out. We Luke Walton, the first coach fired in this NBA season. And we got the, the Heat and the Bulls getting slaps on the wrist and forced, being forced to give up their second round picks after the NBA launches an investigation into these early contracts and contacts that are being done right before free agency. Uh, we'll discuss all that and more. And of course, our hot teams and sinking teams here on the NBA uh, Second Stringers podcast. But I definitely want to jump in first, Sean, here with the Warriors versus Suns. I think it was the first game this year where there was a lot of anticipation based off the play that these two teams have had this year so far um those warriors being the number one team in the league in terms of record and the suns right there in a close second warriors with the number one defensive rated team and the suns right there as well in second place in terms of team defense um it was a heck of a game devin booker had to leave uh due to pain in his hamstring didn't come back but Mikel Bridges Chris Paul DeAndre Aiden um, and just the Suns de defense in general just held down Steph Curry to 12 points on four for 21 shooting but the Warriors had Jordan Poole and their cast of of misfits really keep them in this game and make it exciting all the way through the Suns prevailing though at the end 104 96 but thoughts on the game Sean uh, reactions to it yeah, Alan, I think yesterday, I mean, not just the Warriors-Suns game. I don't know if you were able to catch any of the game before it. Uh, the Knicks and Nets game mm -hmm. was actually, in my mind, just as competitive as this game was, if not more so. I mean, it was in Madison Square Garden. I mean, it doesn't get more rowdy, more crazy than that. And that game came down to the wire, too. And the Knicks made a epic comeback in the second half to even the score of the Nets. And that came down to the wire, too. And if alcohol goes one way or the other and Julius Randle is heated afterwards, but man, this, this was the best two games of basketball on TV that I've seen all season. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's really kind of signaled to me that like the NBA is in full swing now. Like it is yep. here and it is, it is the thing to watch now that, you know, baseball's over football's kind of in a period where we're just kind of waiting to, for the playoffs to start, honestly. Um, but basketball, man, it, it's looking good. There's a lot of good teams right now. And obviously the Warriors and the Suns being the two best right now, as far as record goes. And man, hats off to the Suns for, for playing epic defense on the Warriors in the second half. Right. Um, Stephen Curry just could not get anything going. And maybe that's partly thanks to the home crowd getting behind the Suns, cheering them on. They had a great scheme. Monty Williams came to play in this game. He coached the hell out of this team. And, man, in any close game, I don't care how old this man is. I want Chris Paul on my team. I, in the yeah. clutch, Chris Paul just knows how to play basketball. That, that's the biggest takeaway from this is if you leave it close in a big game, Chris Paul's going to win that nine times out of ten. Yep. He has that elbow jumper that just has carried him over the last six years and uh, six years, <laughs> I think, when he really started developing oh, that. Yeah. And it's just still there. Um, and Mikhail Bridges, man, that guy is taking a big step forward in terms of defensive, in oh, terms man. of a defensive player. I think we all saw remnants of that. 
But with him playing the way he he did on defense and really just just routing up the the Warriors backcourt, um, it was a game changer. DeAndre Aiden with a double double, twenty four and eleven. DeAndre Aiden, you know, had a slow start to the year and was out a couple games, but he showed up when it mattered the most. And with Devin Booker leaving the game, the Suns leaned on Cam Johnson and Lon- and Landry Shamit, and to have <laughs> guys like that you can bring off the bench is also big. And I mean, Cam Johnson had a lot of big games in the playoffs, but now you add Landry, Landry Shamit to it as well. And this Suns team looks really well balanced and it looks, it looks good. And it's easy to, to forget them because they don't have the, the, the top 10 player that like the Warriors have in Curry, or they don't have the dominating um, player in like a Giannis or Kawhi or, or a LeBron, but they just have a really well balanced team. And I think that came to full fruition against this warriors but you know not to not to completely count out the warriors they have another rematch come friday but i think with the suns winning it were it's worth highlighting them also because new franchise record 17 wins in a row and that could potentially be extended as well yeah well technically this is tied their franchise record oh, from, tied from franchise 2006 record. 2007 from that you know steve nash led mm-hmm. team but I think that record is quite a bit of danger when the Detroit Pistons are the next team on the schedule for them. Mm. But then after that, yeah, like you mentioned, they have a rematch against the Warriors on Friday, on this Friday. So that's going to be a big test, especially like you mentioned before, if Devin Booker can't play through that hamstring pain that he had um, in the first half of this game, which is huge that they were able to win without him. But to win again without him, that's that's asking a lot. So maybe they get the record and it gets snapped the very next day, but this Suns team, man, they have not missed a beat since last year. There's no finals hangover. We kind of saw that with the Hawks early this year where they've started to pick it up now after their big run through the playoffs last year. And we thought the Suns were going through the same thing early on in the season. They started as one and three. And now here mm-hmm. they are atop the Western Conference, back where they were last year. Um, and yeah, they just they look as good as ever. I think this team is super deep. All the young pieces are developing the way they should and finding their roles. And, and the big thing for me is that they're, they're all playing really clutch basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of what happened yesterday with the game, the way they put it away, it wasn't like, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul pick and roll. It was Chris Paul operating, then dishing it out to Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit and hoping that they could make the three. And they <laughs> delivered, you know, that you can't mm-hmm. really do that with a lot of teams. I mean, you, you have your playmaker, you have your LeBron, you have your Jimmy Butler dishing it out to these guys on the three-point line. And you just got to hope they make it, you know, is Malik Monk going to make it for the Lakers? Is Duncan <laughs> Robinson going to make it for the heat? And you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. And and for the Suns, Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit made all the big shots when it counted. And they, they put this, they helped put this game away uh, for Phoenix. Yeah, it was an impressive win. I, I thought the Warriors were going to take this. I just think they, they looked, they just have the talent and, and to be honest, I think for transparency and fair and fairness to the Suns, again, like I just haven't really been watching a lot of Suns games. They just don't really stand out. They're not quite as flashy or yeah. 
have the headline names, but they are a good team and they are the best team or record wise. They're tied with the Warriors, but mm-hmm. they prevailed yesterday. And I think for now they deserve, they deserve to be called one of the, be- the best team in the league right now. Um, we'll see what happens on Friday. But I think more than anything here, maybe Utah Jazz has something to say say mm. here. But Sean, in your eyes, is this was this the Western Conference preview, or you think we're mm. it's too early to say? I want to say yes. I just it, you know it uh, it's so hard to count the Lakers out of mm-hmm. any of this stuff if they're fully healthy in the playoffs. But right now, I I don't see any of the Western Conference teams even holding a candle to these two. I think these two are honestly far and above the rest of the West right now. The Warriors are only going to get better once Klay right. Thompson gets back. And I don't think the Suns necessarily need to, you know, add anything to improve their title chances. But yeah, for me, that was definitely a Western Conference preview. Yeah, I think so. That's what it really looks like. I think obviously anything can happen. Injuries, um things things of that nature that really can shake things up come playoff mm-hmm. time but put all that aside yeah yeah right now lakers are 12 <laughs> and 11 um they went to triple overtime <laughs> against the kings last last week but you know fairness <laughs> they beat them a couple nights yeah, ago but still back, yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's the that's the that's what that's the wave they're riding right now versus the wave that the Suns and warriors are riding is just so much bigger and uh just seems more um just it feels more it feels more confident to say that the those those two seem to be the ones that are going to meet up uh at this point so we'll see how things continue on but on the note of the lakers now that we're uh, you know this far into the season month and a half i think it's time to highlight or look back on probably the biggest trade that Uh happened (laughs) and that was the russell westbrook and all the bundle of teams and names that were also wrapped up in this trade but essentially the two big ones is the Westbrook swap to LA and then the championship core uh, to, to the wizards, that core being Caldwell Poe, Kuzma and former sixth man of the year, uh, Montrez Harrell. And in that trade, the wizards also got Spencer Dinwiddie that also was somehow packaged up and holiday as well. And the reason I bring it up is because we talked about the Lakers, just mentioned it 12 and 11, seventh in the West, the Washington wizards are second in the Eastern <laughs> Conference at 14 and 8. In our Man. first episode we of the year, we said if there's one team that's bluffing hard and it's going to really just fall, it's the Washington Wizards. But here they are a game and a half behind the Nets. Uh, they're tied with the Bulls um, in terms of second place, but still, they own the tiebreaker as of right now. Still early, but 14 and 8. In second in the Eastern Conference, Spencer, um, Spencer Dinwiddie playing great basketball. Kyle Kuzma playing some of his best basketball. Montres Harrell going 11 for 12 tonight off 20 <laughs> minutes of play. Uh, uh, Caldwell Pope also playing his role Great really well. Shooting, yeah. Yeah. This is just craziness. How much it looks right now that the wizards got, got so much more out of that trade versus what the Lakers have gotten out of Westbrook. And frankly, obviously it's still super early, but still I think it's, it's worth bringing up um, the wing, the Washington wizards 12th in defense and, they're balanced in offense with the usage rate well balanced between all these guys night in and night out and Bradley Beal not really having to go off for 30 plus bombs to keep this team afloat. But what do you think here, Sean? Uh, 
that's, I know, that's a lot. That's honestly a hard question for me to answer, man. I'm yeah. I'm really happy for the Wizards. I want to say that mm-hmm. first and foremost. I am stoked to see a team like this succeed. However, this this team, I, I mean, depth wins you the regular season games. I, I right. think that's pretty clear. I mean, you see it with the Suns. You see it with the Warriors. They're pretty deep teams, and that helps you a lot in the regular season. Sure, the star power helps, but, like, I mean, look at the Lakers, you know. Look at, honestly, the Nuggets right now. Like, not even Jokic can keep the Nuggets afloat by himself when you don't have the depth. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets you through a long regular season and wins you these matchups here and there during the season. Is this team going to do anything in the playoffs? Do I believe this team can do anything in the playoffs? No. Even if they were the second seed. I would I would bet a seventh seed, honestly, at this point, like the Atlanta Hawks could be the seventh seed. I'd much rather the Atlanta Hawks, I'd take them in a bet over the Washington Wizards in a first round matchup. But yeah, that's just, I think this speaks a lot to how the Lakers coaching is really bad. <laughs> and they just got away with having star power led by LeBron James guiding Anthony Davis along and just dragging the rest of the team behind them because these are three great players that they gave up for Russell Westbrook that we didn't really know what their potential was until they joined the Wizards. Like, I don't think it's um, just a coincidence that these three guys are all playing great basketball all of a sudden right out of the gates after being on the Lakers. I think... Montrez Harrell, I mean, he's just going back to the way he was with the Clippers. He was just being used as a sixth man. I don't understand how the Lakers couldn't use that. It's like, is it just offensive scheme? Maybe there's something deeper to it. I don't know. Kuzma, I I have no idea how he's all of a sudden become uh, like an amazing defender, amazing wing defender and everything. And and KCP, I mean, he's kind of doing the same thing he did at the Lakers. At least they, they knew how to use him. But mm-hmm. it, it is kind of ridiculous to, to see how these players are able to be better NBA players just by not playing on the Lakers. You know, it's <laughs> and maybe it's the LeBron James effect. Maybe it's a, oh, we have LeBron. He'll just do everything for us and we don't have to like work ourselves. And this is more of a, oh, we have to actually like, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and figure this thing out. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. I, I love the hustle. I love I love the team. And I think there's there is room to grow here, too, because Bradley Beal has not been playing well at all. Mm -hmm. His shooting percentages have been like historically low for him and he can only improve in my mind. I don't I don't see him being as inefficient as he has been so far this season. I don't see that continuing for the rest of the season. So I think for the Wizards, it's still even brighter days ahead for them. Um, They get Rui Hachimura back eventually. And maybe they get Davis Pertons back and he kind of ruins everything. I don't know. I, I think they should honestly keep him out of the rotation. But yeah, I'm I'm really stoked on the Wizards. That That's kind of my, my whole thought stream on that. Yeah, I think you put it well, though. The Wizards in a playoff matchup, you'd probably still take the star power over the depth. And uh, you got to think Westbrook. I mean, the Lakers dealt with have had their injuries with LeBron in and out, AD in and out. Westbrook being the consistent one yeah, there, Noah but Reza. you'd hope that yeah. right. Noah Reza and all the other guys. So you'd hope with all three, the star power there, once it comes to playoff time, they really outshine the depth that they, that LA sent away to, 
to the Wizards. But but to your point though, the the coaching thing, <laughs> that is that is something that is being complained about in in Laker Nation and Frank Vogel's rotations and his fund his his philosophy and his values and and what he wants to see out of his rotations seem to be maybe partly the reason also why the Lakers are struggling. He always wants to have the big men out there. Um, he wants to have sort of his, he, he values defense so much further. So he wants to have str- what he views as the, the, the stronger defensive rotations in playing at all times for the Lakers. Um, and that could be affecting, I mean, obviously they have a lot of new figures, so they're trying to figure that out, but that could be a reason here why some of these guys are now, you know, flourishing in, in Washington versus where they couldn't in, couldn't L- in LA and why LA is also struggling at the same time here as they're trying to pay, figure out what, what, what things to value and which guys to rotate in and out while at the same time dealing with injuries. Yeah. And in, in Westbrook's defense, he's been playing a lot better as of late, mm-hmm. like the right. last, last two weeks, I think he's averaged like 25 points a game, eight rebounds, nine assists, something like that. So he's back to his standard Westbrook numbers. And the Lakers have been winning a little more because of it. And so right. I think we will start to see that pick up. But yeah, like back to the coaching thing, like you need to stop playing DeAndre Jordan. Like, yeah. why are you playing this guy any second of the game? Like he's <laughs> objectively terrible at this stage of his career. Like he doesn't add anything to the team. He's just a net negative every time he steps on the court. No offense to him. He had great years for the Clippers, but after that, it's just all been downhill. You, you, you got to know when it's your time. There's a reason why the Nets let him go. And right, they just dropped No team him. was really outbidding, <laughs> outbidding why them. Why are you starting him? Why is he a starter? It's crazy. They didn't uh, even yeah. really replace him with another big man. They just straight up let him go. Right, yeah. They're like <laughs> He's not worth anything anymore. And the Lakers are like, oh, cool, we'll start him. Like... Come on, really? There's also there's also Avery Bradley. I think that's also a questionable one. I mean, he yeah. Avery Bradley's out now, but he was starting. He started a couple of three games in a row, four games in a row now for the Lakers yeah. before this injury, which is also another questionable, yeah. questionable move. There, yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff that just seems really obvious from the outside. So I'm not sure what factors are at play here, like why he has to be so stubborn and stick to these lineups that don't look good at all I, mm-hmm. I don't i don't get it i really don't but you know maybe there's something deeper we don't understand but <laughs> it just seems very yeah. simple to me yeah so as a first pass quiz who won this trade i think the wizards the you wizards. could say well wizards have won this trade their franchise their team's about to go to the playoffs a place they haven't really been to very often the last five years it looks like they should be in there are they going to finish as a second seed who knows as far as the lakers uh they're they're winning games here and there, hovering around mm-hmm. the 500 range but you'd hope they figure it out so right now yeah. um first semester quiz i'd give i'd give the win to the to the wizards oh yeah for sure i think regular season overall it's gonna be very clearly wizards it's it's gonna come down to playoffs mm-hmm. is russell westbrook gonna offer you that much more in the playoffs that's that's the big question right and maybe he's offering something right now that's just not obvious with lebron coming in and out i don't know say westbrook wasn't there and lebron was dealing with the same rate of injuries that he's dealing with right now perhaps the lakers would be worse than 12 and 11 that's true yeah hard to say 
It is, yeah. Definitely hard to say. It's like AD wouldn't be able to carry the ship on his own. Right, exactly. When you have a bundle of role players all built around yep. LeBron being there. That's the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyways, pivoting away, back also staying, though, on the West Coast. Luke Walton fired from the 2021-22 season. Uh, just so weird timing. You fire a coach in the <laughs> beginning of the, just a month into the year. Might as well have fired him into the summer, especially the context of Luke Walton. No surprise that this that this went down. Uh, there were struggles there. This team was good two years ago, and the roster hasn't really changed much. The pieces are st- the core pieces are still there, and young, and the <laughs> team just doesn't seem to get better. Uh, something's got to change, and so I'm not surprised to see him go. Uh, but hopefully, the Kings franchise can start to figure things out here. And I I would love to go back to the podcast where we first broke the news of right. Luke Walton getting hired and what our thoughts were there. And I imagine they're not any different now. Mm -mm. I, I feel like I remember myself being kind of shocked that you'd replace David Yeager, Yorger, Mm -hmm. who just had a breakout season for the Kings. No one thought they would be even close to to the playoffs. Eight seed that year. They fire him for whatever reason and bring in Luke Walton to replace him because for some reason, him going undefeated with the Warriors team where he didn't have to do anything as a coach and just let Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green play basketball and not get in their way. That somehow gives him this impressive coaching resume that makes people want him as their head coach. And it has not worked out for him in any case. I mean, the mm-hmm. Lakers fans know it better than anybody, but I cannot believe it took the Kings almost two and a half seasons to realize that this guy is terrible at head coach job. Like maybe he's mm-hmm. a decent assistant, maybe, but he, he does not deserve a head coaching job in the NBA. I don't know why they thought he deserved this much time to figure it out. It, it, the whole thing's just baffling and better late than never, I suppose. But Luke Walton is not going to fix all the Kings problems. Him being gone is not going to, fi- there's much deeper, deep-seated front office problems that the Kings might never be able to solve because there's Mm -hmm. just there's too many people in that front office that don't know how to run a basketball team and are only in it for the profit right well they went out and hired what appears to be an actual competent more competent GM than you know having Vlad and, and his team there of former players and Former King alumni, I guess about you could call. The guy that drafted Davion Mitchell, the guy that drafted <laughs> yes, exactly. a, a fourth point guard to this already point guard heavy roster. That's yeah. your that's your better GM. No, he's no better. I mean, no I guess way. it's just relative to what you had, <laughs> to what to what you had before. Um, to me, it just it seems like yeah, like you mentioned, probably it's not just the front office. Maybe ownership to front office dynamics or yeah. just don't seem very good. Uh, front and center, Marvin the Marvin Bagley pick, I think, will haunt this franchise for the next twenty years, and and then that relationship just completely falling apart here with Luke Walton. Um, God, I I feel bad for Luke Walton more than anybody because I feel like you his do? his fallouts have been so public and so um i mean obviously you had the situation with genie bus versus magic play out on tv with magic johnson <laughs> wanting to fire luke and eventually stepping down Rightfully as a result of so. not being able <laughs> yeah and then you have this luke walton situation coming down the last month with tristan thompson 
calling him out, the Marvin Bagley thing playing out. It almost feels like Luke Walton. We might not see Luke Walton in the NBA for good for for a long time. I don't feel bad. He just doesn't deserve the job. He's not good at it. <laughs> Why should I feel bad for him if he's not good at his job? <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to see him in another head coaching position for sure. But I don't know. I just feel bad. He could probably at least be a qualified assistant somewhere. <sighs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't know. He should go into commentary. That's what I think he should do. He, he should be a color analyst, a color commentator, probably not even play by play. I don't think he'd be a very interesting play by play. color commentator for sure. Mm-hmm. For like, well, I don't know, Lakers radio or something. I don't, I don't know. He's just, he's just not for him, man. He's just not a head coach. That's not what he should do. He might have to go down into the ranks of NCAA basketball coaching. Maybe University or Arizona or University of Arizona. I think he went to school. Might yeah, take yeah, they might. He he probably asked for too much money though. But then, yeah. like going back to the Kings, like I this doesn't solve anything, right? Right. I mean, you're replacing him with Alvin Gentry, who I mean, he was fired from the Pelicans not that long ago, so you know he's not a head coach caliber guy yet, and he's you know he hasn't really done much better yet. I mean, they've they've had their fair share of losses since. Luke Walton left. I mean, they just got a good win over the Clippers today, but they didn't have Paul George. So you're playing as a G League team. So I don't know. They did take down the mighty Lakers. Yeah, they did take down the mighty Lakers, but (laughs) so did the Pistons. So, I mean, (laughs) that's not saying much these days. But this roster, as constructed, cannot win anything. It, mm-hmm. it, there's there's no way you can make this roster a 500 team. There's too many guards. There's no wing defenders. And you have just this slew of big men backing up Rashawn Holmes that are terrible. Like yeah. Marvin Bagley is terrible. Alex Len is terrible. Tristan Thompson is terrible. And you're rostering all three of these guys who do nothing for you. There's so much redundancy with the guards. Like, why do you have... Terrence Davis starting over Buddy Heald. Like, and why has Buddy Heald become such a bad player? And mm-hmm. it's just nothing adds up. Like, the player development is terrible. The roster construction has no synergy, for lack of a better word. And the you continue to draft guys that make no sense. Uh, it's, it's just a complete disaster. Firing Luke Walton isn't going to solve anything. Right. And it seems like they had the roadmap to head into this year with at least a better plan and they didn't follow any of it. And now they're probably going to try to do those things in the next few months. And this whole season is going to go to waste. We probably could have done those things over the summer. One draft the player that actually fills a need or draft the best player you can get. Maybe they did. Maybe they did feel that it with Davion Mitchell and then two trade buddy heel. Um, you should have done that. I guess Everybody, they tried. They could have gotten the Kuzma Harold deal if if Westbrook hadn't gotten involved. But yeah, that would yeah. have helped. But even that, I'm sure. I feel like some team. It's not a matter of there not being a market for heel. Somebody would have wanted him. I and, think they I should mean, just. Ooh, they should trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah, they should have tried to do that. Uh, you know, regardless of what that package would have looked like, I think they should have made a more concentrated offer effort and just gotten it out of the get gotten it out of the way and then that third thing was fire with luke walton before the season started <laughs> yeah and they didn't do any of that and now i feel like all these things are they're going to try to cram these things in within this year and it's going to be a wasted year 
Uh, and that's just another year removed from from the core players, from the actual good players that you have on your team, Tyrese Hall- Halliburton um, and De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so it's 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 a rough situation. And you have need, the whole Marvin yeah. Bagley thing too. It's like you just, this guy's you're just gonna let this second round gonna let second pick just walk away. Yep. <laughs> Jabari Parker status, man. Jabari yeah. Parker status and. You know what? Maybe maybe they they cross their fingers and pray, and they get the number one pick, and they draft another Duke forward um, mm-hmm. in the drafts. But I don't know if you've been following any of the uh, the the best college prospects this year, but uh, another Duke forward <laughs> they could draft a uh, high up one or two. Uh, his name's Paolo Banchero. There you go. Yeah, heck of a name. I I gotta think like heading before. Heading in in the summer, Marvin Bagley and he on this package could have had some more value than probably what it does now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's that's what I feel. I mean, you made it blunt that Bagley can't even make your rotation. Whereas in the summer, that was still not sort of known yet. Right. Um, yeah. Anyways, just disaster. Total disaster. Yeah. 68 and 93 under Luke Walton were the Kings of well under 500. Clearly uh, dropped six of the last seven games after having started the season five, five and Alvin Gentry. I think this is the second time he's not in his career, in his coaching career. He's taken over as an interim head coach. <laughs> he knows how to be at the right place at the yeah, right time. Yeah. He knows how to pick them for sure. He's like, who should I be the assistant for? <laughs> Whose job's yeah. most in danger? Exactly. Uh, other quick thought here: NBA forcing the Heat and Bulls to forfeit their second round pick after investigation into team into the teams having early contact with Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball. Uh, this seems just like one of those <laughs> obvious things that it's like it kind of sucks for the Heat and the Bulls that they get to be the example for doing what probably everybody else is doing. Also, I don't know if you remember this, but Milwaukee got punished last year Ooh, for early right. contact with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. They they got fined along with the second round pick, and they didn't even get their player. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even get him. So they're pretty upset today. Um, definitely much less of a slap on the wrist given to Miami and Chicago than Milwaukee got last year. Um, for basically the same situation, but they didn't even get the player. So they don't even get the rewards of it. They just got punished. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like getting caught trying to sneak out your window to go to a party, but the window's locked. So you just end yeah, up getting yeah, Milwaukee's the window door stuck. Was locked. The Heat and the Bulls <laughs> got to go to the party before they got punished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so at least you still have the memories and, right. or whatever it was that I went down. Yeah, you still get the benefits. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so this is crazy. This again, we'll see where this leads. Is this just like a one-time thing, or teams can actually take this more serious? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just gotta think this is that's just the way things are have been done, and yeah. it's just so much to to unravel within. You know, realistically, within that time, that within that window, once free agency opens, you you gotta yeah. move quick. It's it's hard because it's like. As the NBA, you're like, we can't punish teams that much or else, like, I don't know. We might hinder a team too much, like, artificially. Mm-hmm. But if you're the NBA team, you're like, oh, I only have to lose a second-round pick and I get a much better chance at landing Kyle Lowry in free agency? Sure, I'll do it, <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll, I'll, ha- I'll take that punishment at every day of the week. 
I steal Alonzo Ball from the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't care about my second round pick. That doesn't matter. I get Alonzo Ball. Yeah. You know, it's like big deal. <laughs> Could we see second round picks become more valuable as a result? Because they're sort of like this fine buffer <laughs> for you. It's like collect as many second round picks as you can to, uh, to make sure that you can make early contact with okay, players. Okay, OKC is definitely uh, has the advantage there then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So big deal at forgetful, man. There's there's a couple here, mm. but Michael Porter Jr. having his third back surgery this year, and Ugh. it's been noted that he will likely lose the rest of this season. Uh, it's it that's a bummer, and it was pretty evident that something was up. Michael Porter Jr. coming out of the gates was not looking very good uh, in terms of basketball production for the Nuggets, and compared to last year, he had such a breakout year and that playoff run before that. So this year, clearly something was wrong, and now we know. Uh, it's hard to really know what's going on. I think the reporting is vague, and that may be what this injury is as well. It's just sort of this vague pain that he has, and hopefully this resolves it, but that's a tough blow for the Nuggets who just gave him a ton of money. Um, but at the same time, it also makes the Aaron Gordon deal look a lot better because <laughs> now you got... Now you at least have another player, another big wing who can who can step into the lineup. Yeah, and Will Barton too. The, right, the fact exactly. that they resigned Will Barton helps a lot, but this is a huge deal. Uh, it mm -hmm. is an astronomical deal. This might be the biggest deal we've ever had in this section. <laughs> and I mean, just think about it. I mean, this is a guy who's yeah. on his third back surgery. This means that the surgeries are not healing anything. It is not mm -hmm. helping him long term. He continues to have the same problems. It's chronic. And he's right. 21 years old? 22 years old? Michael Porter Jr.? How old is this guy? Is he is he like 22 oh, years old? Oh, you're asking me. I think yeah. I think he's like 22. He's 22 years old. He's had three back surgeries at 22. And his Supermax contract hasn't even kicked in yet. That starts next mm -hmm. year. You mentioned it. A ton of money. You know how much a ton of money is for him? $145 million guaranteed in his contract. Guaranteed money. Which means even if he can't play a single game for them in five years, they still owe him all that money that hurts them against the cap every year. This could this might go down as the worst contract extension that's ever been given out in the history of the NBA. Just for the sheer yeah. amount of money. I mean, Chandler Parsons... He was a max contract too, but he wasn't $145 million guaranteed. And no. we might see something similar here with Michael Porter Jr. where he might not be able to play basketball. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's very concerning for me. I should be very concerned if I'm a Nuggets fan. I mean, at least you have Jokic, right? You have Jokic. She can ride it out for you. But without Michael Porter Jr. being that guy that you need him to be on that super max deal to make him worth that Supermax deal, you have no chance at a title without that player. Jamal Murray and yeah. Jokic are not enough. Aaron Gordon is not enough. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest bummer is that you've now locked in this money to him. So say Jamal Murray and Jokic do come back, it's going to be so tough to improve the pieces around those two. You can't, yeah. <laughs> if you have that money locked in to, to Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. or, and maybe Aaron Gordon, you know, well, there is no chance of him breaking out any further. He's about to no. have a good year, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might. Yeah, <laughs> your your best bet would be 
you can you get lucky in the draft and you can package that piece up with Aaron Gordon a couple of years from now and get something get something else in return. But it's it's it is tough. The the fact that you're gonna get I don't know the exact, but I'm going to say the the money he's getting is going to hover around 20% of the cap of your cap space mm-hmm. is going to be locked into Porter Jr. And if he's not able to take the floor, these are game changers. These are the yeah. things that you look back on and you say, wow, that team could have totally won the title if they didn't have this or if mm-hmm. they hadn't done that. And this is one of those moments that, that you could be looking back on is if the Nuggets hadn't extended Porter Jr. That's this last summer and write it out one more year to see where he his health lands. Yep. They probably could have set themselves up better in the future. But I mean, at some point, I guess you gotta take a you gotta take roll of dice and protect your guys. Um, but Ugh. you just gotta hope for the best here <laughs> for the Nuggets franchise because they might they this this championship potential wave might all but be done if Porter Jr. can't take the floor anymore. Yeah, I just he could take the floor, but he'll never be the player he was last year. I, I cannot see that happening. There's too much fear of re-injury in his mind, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And that will affect your play dramatically. Like you can't play you can never play with a hundred percent like reckless abandon. Like you cannot go all out because you're always afraid of your back getting hurt again. That's just right. the reality of his situation. Mm-hmm. So Jokic is signed until the that 2022-23 season. Uh, I mean, maybe this has an effect yeah. on whether he resigns or not. Ooh, but maybe, dude. Maybe. If the that next two years crazy. are really rough, if the next oh. two years are really rough, could we see Jokic walking away from the Denver Nuggets? Man, that would be tough. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. How loyal is he to Denver? That that's a great mm-hmm. question because you're definitely not winning anything this year, and so next yeah. next year they, they'd have to get him before the off season. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you get into the season and he starts to think like, oh, well, maybe we don't have a shot at winning a title here. Yeah. 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 But you got this significant percentage of the cap dedicated to this guy. I mean, yep. I think we're thinking we may be thinking too far ahead in a very pessimistic way, but it, it's worth it's, I think it these is. are things that this, I probably aren't yeah, thought about. This, that could have been the move where it's like Denver decided to pay this man a bunch of money. It didn't work out and their team got hosed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next point, Clay Thompson assigned to the G League, signaling he's potentially close to the close to returning to the team. Uh, also noted as James Wiseman also was assigned to, to the G League team as well <laughs> next to Clay. But one of those is a big the, deal and the other is yeah. not. Can you guess which one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's no true timetable for uh, James Wiseman. And but Clay Thompson seems to be a bit more promising as He's already participated five on five scrimmages, uh, et cetera. And James Wiseman, I think, hasn't even done three on three scrimmages. But mm. Clay Thompson, nonetheless, coming back. Oh man, that's exciting. I want to. I, 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 part of me. Well, I don't want to say forgetful. It's, it's a big deal. But For, wait, how old is it forgetful? I will. But I, the only reason I want to say forgetful is because I wouldn't be surprised if it takes this guy around a month till he starts looking mm. like like a good nba player again like he's been gone for so long yes. it's kind of crazy yeah almost two years two full years yeah and this warrior offense is advanced basketball and it's mm. quick and it's moving basketball Yeah, but he, he so, knows the system as well right. as anybody there yeah including so, steph 
that's the only point why I would say, yeah, it's a big deal, but I also wouldn't be surprised coming out the gates. It takes this guy a good month to get, to get his, to get his legs back under him and goes back to scoring 17 a game at 40% three point shooting. And at least at those in that range, I'm this is an 18 and three team right now. <laughs> I'm just saying this is an 18 yeah. and three team right now. So teams like this at the top only ever really improve normally with buyout players. Yeah, and even that doesn't usually. And this team is improving by adding Clay Thompson in, you know? <laughs> and it's like when you're a shooter, I feel like it's a little easier to get into the groove on that side of the floor because he's been able to put up shots for a while. I think yeah. his three point shot will not take a long time to get back. So, I mean, we saw it with Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant didn't right. miss a beat after that Achilles injury. It, it, and you're right, it probably will take Clay Thompson a little longer because he has been out longer than Kevin Durant was. But being able to add a guy like this to an 18 and 3 team, there's no loss. There's no loss there, man. That's a huge win, <laughs> no matter which way you cut it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I see you. I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is ridiculousness. The Splash Brothers are going to be back. I mean, this here. this death lineup could potentially be better than the one in 2016. With death uh, line- the death lineup, which was like uh, Steph, Clay, um, Draymond at the center, and then Iguodala and Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Okay, you're with, talking about that with, lineup. Yeah, with no center. Um, and who do you got this you year? Got this Steph, Pool, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond at the center again. I mean, I think Jordan Poole is better than Harrison Barnes ever was mm-hmm. um, back in 2016. So this this could potentially be a, another uh, death lineup we see here. Yeah. Whoa. This Whoa. is going to be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 2016 flashbacks, man. I can already feel it coming. <laughs> I mean, Steph, Steph, and Draymond Green are are playing just. I mean, Steph just almost looks well. better. Yeah, looks almost better. Yeah. He looks He's better than 2016. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Less turnovers, less flashiness, just doing his thing. Um, but yeah, we'll see how Clay Thompson comes back. Yeah, Jordan Poole. Uh, yeah. I still think there's I'd... something. There might be something there in James man. Wiseman. No, stop it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he's making the rotation. I'm sorry. But okay. Jordan, Jordan Poole, man, I've been talking him up, and it, regrettably I let him go early in fantasy. But right there, are, I, I'd be lying if I said there were nights where I looked at a box score and I thought Steph Curry's box score stats were Jordan Poole's. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I... It happened the other night too, and um, yeah, you're right. Just, he, no, he he no, he had a big night against the Suns. I thought I looked at the box score. I thought I thought Jordan Poole and Steph Curry's stats were switched, but <laughs> Jordan Poole can do that, man. Mm-hmm. He's done that a few times this year already. So this talk kid. about con- yeah, talk about contrasting franchises and the Kings and versus the Warriors. <laughs> Yo- yeah, I mean, you got Oder Porter Jr. knocking him down too know, right now. He's great revitalizing his career. Yeah. <laughs> Juan Toscano, Anderson, who are these guys? But they're playing good <laughs> basketball. Yeah, <laughs> Damian Lee. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, big deal for Getful. Last one, Kemba Walker oh. completely out of the rotation in New York and Alec Burks taking that starting point guard role. Uh, 
this, this is just <laughs> kind of funny because I feel like I saw this coming. Uh, you want to believe in Kemba Walker, but Tom Thibodeau is just a dude that just loves his defense and he knows what yeah. he wants. And uh, Kemba Walker is just not really there anymore. And the Knicks also seem to be a funky team. And actually, Derek Rose and Ian Quigley playing playing fantastic basketball. It almost feels like they they should be uh, starting over RJ Barrett and Alec Burks yeah. at times. But this is just who the Knicks are. And Kemba Walker is just really his last couple of years, his career has just really taken a hit and he came out of the gate struggling. So, I mean, it does, it just doesn't seem surprising to me. Yeah. Maybe he can work his way back into it. Maybe his body just needs a break. You know, maybe that's mm-hmm. why they're taking him completely out of the rotation instead of, you know, putting him in a bench roll. Um, but they, they have a lot of guards, you know, like you said, like right. Derek Rose and quickly both come off the bench, both point guards, and you choose to start Alec Burks over him. Like they're another guard heavy team. Like Kemba Walker was just not needed. Um, he wasn't playing very well. And Alec Burks has been playing really well. So you gotta give him like you gotta give Thibodeau credit for actually making the switch. Because right. Frank Vogel mm-hmm. would never make the switch. Frank Vogel's <laughs> still playing DeAndre Jordan, and at least you have Thibodeau being like, okay, Kemba Walker, sorry, it's not working out. You know, you gotta do that. You you gotta mix emotions with like what's logically right for the team, you know? And mm-hmm. so this I think it's been a good move so far. Burks has been playing very well. Um, it opens up more minutes for Rose and quickly at least, at the very least, even if they're playing off the bench still. And I, I think they've been playing better the last few games without him. You know, it's sad to say. Uh, they almost beat the Nets. Uh, a night ago, um, they, they they won the game before that with Burks in that role. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks for Kemba, man, but your body just gives up on you at some point, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, this is a team that's also not really playing up to the par that they played to last year, and they're not playing yeah. up to expectations so far right now. I mean, well, Randall's they, a big reason for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Randall's, Randall's not struggling. The same. Yeah. Uh, overall, the team defense is struggling too. I mean, last year they were one of the top teams in defensively. Right now they're twentieth, yeah. hovering there. So that big thing they're leaning on, it's just not working out for them. I mean, Kemba's not their the only reason for it. Obviously, Randall, uh, Noel coming in and out Fournier. of the lineups, and Fournier trying to work him I in there. I don't think Fournier is a good player. They should take him out of the rotation too. I really don't like Fournier on this team. Mm-mm. It seems crazy. Like they needed offense, so they signed these offensive-minded guards, and it's just totally swung <laughs> their team yeah. to their the other struggles. side. Yeah, big right. <laughs> it swung them, swung them so hard to the other side that now overall the whole team is struggling. So maybe this is just one of the first of many to get them back on another roll, um, back to their defensive identity, and maybe that'll help get Julius Randle some more some of those easy buckets that he enjoyed last year, mm-hmm. uh, or at least get better momentum. Yeah, cool. for sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think there's better days ahead for New York. I, I think they're going to figure some things out. I think the new lineup will help. Yeah, exactly. I think so as well. Um, In terms of injuries, pivoting away from New York and big deal of forgetful injuries, we got a lot already to start this year. I mean, we're yeah. at that point now where this, this the regular season starts to weigh down on some guys. Bam, LeBron or let COVID AKA also. (laughs) Yeah. COVID COVID too. Yep. (laughs) A lot of travel. Yeah. Right. Damien OG John Morant is out. Devin Booker, obviously leaving that game. PJ Dozier, Kobe white (laughs) testing positive. 
Um, out of all these guys, I think to me, the one that stands out is, is LeBron James. There's been like a stat infographic being shared around social media. LeBron James missing only 17 games in like the first eight years of his mm. career. And it just this season, I think in the last or like last two this this year so far, he's missed. Uh, actually, never mind. I totally butchered that. I don't remember the exact stat. <laughs> Basically, but anyway. he's missed a lot more games in the last few years than in the first 10 of his career or something. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it on the head. That's the point <laughs> being is LeBron this year has just really not shown up for the Lakers just because he physically cannot. And it seems like his injuries were getting better. And now Anthony Davis, maybe either knowingly or accidentally <laughs> exposed everybody that LeBron James does have COVID. Oh, and, man. <laughs> and now at best, he could be back in 10 days or at worst, it could be longer than that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joel Embiid missed though. like three weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is vaccinated. So maybe there's hope that he comes back yep. sooner. But I'm hoping he comes back sooner because the Lakers really need him. So yeah. I think LeBron James really stands out from this one. The other one, John Morant, obviously top to a hot start so for him to be out indefinitely that sucks that's a bummer for, yeah. for nba fans and memphis grizzlies oh yeah i think the job Morant one's way bigger because i mean we know lebron's gonna come back in at least a few weeks mm-hmm. memphis has been unusually silent with what exactly john morant's knee injury is mm-hmm. which i think is cause for concern because right. if it wasn't concerning like why are you hiding it you know like if it's just like a knee a knee strain, you know, or like some knee soreness, oh he he'll be out like a week. Yeah, I don't need to hide that. But like if you're not telling us what's wrong with his knee, this reminds me of a lot of like when Kawhi Leonard got his knee thing in the playoffs, and the Clippers said like oh maybe he'll come back, maybe he'll come back, and it's like no his ACL is actually torn partially, and now he's missing like most of this season too. You know, so that's mm-hmm. what it's giving me vibes of. And I don't like that. So for me, it's that's, a, yeah, that's big time. Yeah, there's also it also gives me the vibes of Zion starting not this year, yeah. but last year, not mm-hmm. la- this rookie year, his, his rookie, rookie year. year. Yeah, right. Well, we didn't know he's going to come back. Right. He just had this injury like and then it turns out his season. <laughs> exactly. And it turns out he had tore tore his, his MCL or he had torn his meniscus. His yeah, meniscus I think his meniscus. Something. Yeah yeah exactly uh it's it's crazy to me that the t- teams can get away with some of this stuff especially with john yeah. morant a big player like john morant out and definitely with knee injury i the reason i say i feel like it's shady that the league teams can get away with that is just because of how open the league is now to gambling and betting on uh, betting you know oh, yeah. betting on teams right. like this is a total swinger yeah that puts uh, your over it's a game changer yeah <laughs> yeah this is a total game changer for for avid gamblers and if the team really sees that as you know a, a revenue a future revenue stream for teams and for the mm-hmm. league overall i don't think they can get away with stuff like this no. for, for much longer yeah probably or, not and it's like what is the i don't know what is the reason that you need to hide this you know like mm-hmm. what how does this help you at all as Memphis? I, I that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Season tickets, yeah, TV maybe. deals. I don't it's know. Like, if you know Jaw's not going to play like the next game, but yeah, I guess yeah. If you want to sell more season ticket packages, oh, John Morant might come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's all I can think of. But I hope I'm wrong. But I'm not getting good vibes from it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. And 
maybe they honestly don't maybe they honestly are are in the dark about what exactly it is maybe it is one of those like pains that isn't really a de- isn't really zeroed in on an actual tear or strain or some something of that nature yeah although that's kind of a little i guess that that that's like maybe unlikely but I, I just think it's crazy that teams can get away with like these vague descriptions <laughs> nowadays with right online gambling and and how the league yeah. sort of aligned itself more with these gambling partners yeah, uh fan duel and of the, the fan duels of the world and stuff yeah that's an angle i didn't even think of um but as far as these other injuries i mean the bam out of bio one's huge I mean, four to six weeks mm-hmm. is a long time the heat were like clicking pretty well um jimmy butler's already been injured so now bam injures too that that's just gonna add more salt to the wound um torn ligament in your thumb like oh that's that's frustrating that's a really annoying injury that's just mm-hmm. like one of those injuries where you can't do like normal activities like brush your teeth you know like right <laughs> um so that that sucks for him it sucks for them and then i gotta mention this dame lillard one because yeah this is what we talked about a few weeks ago in the last Mm -hmm. podcast we talked about this and i'm like i'm worried about this thing and i've I've heard other podcasters very worried about this abdomen injury he actually missed time for it here and there already this season and now he might miss at least 10 days with it and at at what point is it like this isn't getting better you know this is only getting worse i don't think 10 days of time is gonna help this injury that's been persistent for so long it might require surgery. It, it really might. And that would take him out for the whole season, probably. Um, so that's something to watch for, man. It, it just keeps getting worse. I think at this point, you should just do it. I think you're not too far along to the year. I think you can still bomb a bunch of games and get yourself into the lottery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I applaud the Trailblazers for being a franchise that has held on to being respectable mm-hmm. for like over a decade at this point now. Yeah, right. But the course of nature has to come in and you have to, you just have to throw in the towel and bomb a year or two to get, to get some pieces. <laughs> and the trouble is, I think are at that point, And I see, I see them as one of those teams. That's a candidate and name Leonard. If he, if he truly is hurting, I think he should be taking that surgery and, and let the trailblazers throw the towel in as a, as a franchise right. and regroup, get some assets, yeah. uh, get the lottery and see if you can get lucky enough. Um, and then and then revamp next year or two or two years from now. It's it's just kind of crazy. I just don't really see where what what more room they can do to make their team better. And if their star player is out this often in and out of the lineups, it's just going to be a struggle bus for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's really sad. It's it's a pride thing too, because it's like Damian Lillard, and no one has more pride than Lillard. You know, like he wants mm-hmm. to be out there. He wants to give it his all every game, but. At the end of the day, even he has to come to the realization that if 100% Damian Lillard isn't on the floor, the Blazers have no chance at winning a championship. He has to be no. 100% Damian Lillard or else, yeah, it's just another playoff out again. Yeah, even with him, I mean, last year they just had, they even struggled just to win a playoff series. Right, so. and, he, and, and even then, I mean, I think he is still dealing with the abdomen injury, just tolerating it. So imagine if he doesn't have to deal with that next year. Like we could see Damian Lillard back to like actual hundred percent Damian Lillard, and that that might be something that moves the needle for you. Exactly. Um, let's move to hot teams. Yeah. Teams that are on fire this this <laughs> so far. 
course, the Suns, 17-game winning Suns. streak. My God. St- <laughs> starting at 1-3, now 18-3 atop of the entire NBA. They got an easy one tomorrow, and then the tough one, rematch against the Warriors, and Devin Booker is out, so that does may- that might make it really hard for them to keep this streak winning going, but gosh, the Suns are just clicking on all cylinders. Even Man. when it seemed like their season could get started on a iffy note with the whole... Robert Sar or Robert Sarver yeah. situation mm-hmm. that was happening, but this team is prevailing and they're hanging on. Yeah, oh, what, a, kinda, what, a, what a good time! <laughs> it kind of pisses me off that they're doing so well and like Robert Sarver will somehow give himself the credit for mm-hmm. how well they're doing. I I really want him gone. I think a lot of people want him gone out of the, out of the NBA completely. Um, but yeah, his team is doing really well, and yeah. Oh, sorry, what are you gonna say? I was going to say, I just realized, too, the Aiton contract situation storyline yeah. hasn't really been resolved. Yeah, it's the win streak has been the whole story for Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we've got these other two underlying things that could have easily flopped this year. So, wow, yeah, this team is mentally focused in. And I got to think a lot of that has to come from Westbrook and, I mean, Westbrook, from, from Chris Paul. And, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe part of the pain that they felt <laughs> when they got so close but didn't come through. Yeah, uh, part of that might be helping them uh, stay Man. focused. How so. sad would it be if Detroit was the team that broke their winning streak? <laughs> like, oh. That would be so sad. That's just the story of the NBA regular season, though. Right? That's just what it is. A- it's any like team, any day, any night. Anytime. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Especially when you have some of these, like, well, they'll be they'd be they'll playing Detroit at home, but you just never know. You just have these yeah. weird schedules and. Some yeah. teams just come out of the gates yeah. hot. Hey, Cade Cunningham just goes off tomorrow, you know? It, it, it could happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, eight-game winning streak, undefeated. Middleton is back. Uh, Holiday, Holiday was also in and mm-hmm. out at the start of the year. Giannis was always there, but now that all <laughs> three of them are here, uh, now it's looking more like the Milwaukee Bucks that we remember winning the NBA title. And Grayson Allen, they traded Grace. Yeah. They got Grayson Allen for pennies, and he's actually a legitimate role player for these guys. This is this is this is awesome, and yeah. uh, they survived Lamella Balls' outburst tonight, right? Um, and and because another win had for his them. Own outburst, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> forty and twelve. Yeah, great, great uh, call out for Grayson Allen. I want to ask you this as a follow up to that. Would you rather have Grayson Allen or Duncan Robinson today? Ooh. Did Duncan Robinson have one of those triple single nights or just like, <laughs> wow. He I has struggled. I won't even give him the credit of a triple single when two of those numbers are zeros. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Grayson Allen is doing, I guess they're playing almost the same role. Um, so just be, just be a, a score shooter. No need to create shots, but just knock them down when you get the ball. I mean, I I think I'd take Grayson Allen right now. He, oh, yeah. He's playing well in, I, in, in I that would role. Not even, I would not even hesitate to take Grayson Allen before Duncan Robinson right now. Mm-hmm. And it's been a season-long thing. It's not even like, oh, this week Grayson Allen's been better. It's like, hey, he's been better all season than Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting because, I mean, we saw all these contracts come through for these shooters like Bertans, Duncan Robinson, uh, who else? Uh, Fred Van Fleet, but at least he uh, offers you more than shooting, right? Um, <laughs> these guys that are just shooters, just shooters, getting these ridiculous contracts, and then the Bucks snatch up someone like Grayson Allen for pennies. 
and they get more production out of them than Miami or Washington will ever get from those two guys. And it's just like, why are you paying this three-point shooting specialist upwards of $15 million a year to do this? It, like, it's not, it makes no it's sense It's almost to me. $20 million, Almost $20 million. Million. It makes no <laughs> sense. It's ridiculous. It was, it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Three-point shooting, you can get it for way cheaper than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also I'm great. I'm guessing you'd also take Grayson Allen over Luke Kennard. There's another one. Thank you, <laughs> Luke Kennard. I would never take Luke Kennard over Grayson Allen right now. That is ridiculous, man. At least he's only making close to 15 million. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Grayson still Allen terrible. Yeah, he he. I mean, shout shout out to him. I mean, he looked like one of those guys that hover around the NBA for a couple years after college, but then would slowly just fizzle out. Um, but he's hanging on. He's made a he's made a mark for himself on this roster. Um, yeah, Houston Rockets four game <laughs> winning streak. They Why? have climbed. They have pulled themselves from being the worst <laughs> team in the NBA to the second worst team in the NBA. And and they won tonight. They won tonight they too. Did, yeah. So I mean, granted, two wins in a row against the Thunder isn't anything to write home about. But they did it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a team with one win coming into the week last week. And they've, they've rattled off four in a row. And the coincidence here is the games that they start the win streak, Jalen Green has been out. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, too, to be fair to Jalen Green, is Steven Siles, I don't know what was going on with him, but he was so stubborn at continuing to play Jalen Green, <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr., and Daniel Theis, and, and have Christian Wood at the four. Yeah. And he finally swapped his lineup with uh, with Jalen Green leaving or getting injured to having Christian Wood at the five and mm-hmm. taking Daniel Thais completely out of the rotation and having Sagan be the backup center. Yeah. And Christian Wood be the primary center. And then you got Tate, Daniel House at the four. So going small helped this team out a lot. And so I think it's more that than Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. But I do think Jalen Green did have a smaller piece of it in that him and Kevin Porter Jr. just are not true point guards. And I think they just struggle with their decision-making. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's just like, I want to think part of it is Jalen green's fault. Yeah. I mean, this is, a I will rookie. say he does have yeah. a piece. He comes in, he's a volume shooter. That's shooting like mm-hmm. one of the worst percentages in the league. He's not a good defender. So he's not really offering you anything. So like so many of your offensive possessions just get sunk into the Jalen green hole. <laughs> he's not he's not good he's not maybe he'll be good one day but this year he is not good and maybe this is good for his development in the future you know you, you never know with that argument but it's clear to me that this team looks a lot better offensively without Jalen Green there because um, he's just an ISO sinkhole like he doesn't yeah he doesn't bring anything to the team right now at this point in his career yeah I'd say out of all these Top 10 picks, Jalen Green is struggling. He's getting the opportunities, but he's really not maximizing on them. His decision-making is super poor. I think putting him at the point has just really been a struggle for him. I think this whole team in general, uh, getting the ball out of his hands and, and just running, going smaller and being able to add stronger pace has helped the whole team overall. But mm-hmm. that point guard situation is just so tricky because they do have an actual point guard on the team. 
It's John Wall. <laughs> it's John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> They're not playing him. The, yeah, that's something we forgot to mention. John Wall decided he wants to play again, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now he's now that the team has won four, three in a row because he said he like, apparently he had a meeting with sit down with the Rockets after they yeah. won the three games. <laughs> that he wants to come back. Yeah. Now there's four games, four game win streaks. So. Maybe that entices him yeah. even more to actually well, suit up. That's the thing is like he wants to start. He wants to go back to his mm-hmm. 32 minutes a night role. They're like, how about you come off the bench instead? And he's like, <laughs> no. And that's how the conversation yeah. went. And it's like, what did you think would happen if you agreed to not play it all this year? Like, this isn't <laughs> like a come back whenever you want thing. This is like, no, we committed to trying to make Kevin Porter Jr. a good point guard for the future. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I think John Wall should come off the bench. I would love to see I, him I come so off the too. bench as a sixth man, you know? Like, you're getting your money. Like, who cares if you're a starter or not? You know you're not getting that contract again after this one's over. Just ride right. it out. Enjoy playing 22 minutes off the bench. You know, you, you run that second unit. You can get all the usage you want with that second unit. And just, mm-hmm. you know, have fun out there. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you're totally right. I mean, what did he think was going to happen? He's getting paid $40 million a year. He's on the second worst team in the league. It's it's crazy talking. And he's actually think he's going to get traded sitting on the bench in in his, you know, his street clothes every night. Like it's it's tough, man. This I think he he just needs to agree to if he really wants to play basketball, he needs to agree to buy out because I don't see a trade coming down the pipeline. There's no way Houston's going to buy him out. That's so much money still <laughs> that you're just sinking it into nothing. They don't owe it's John ju- Wall that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to have to be the type of settlement where John Wall takes significantly less yeah, than significant. what he would be mm-hmm. uh, it, It's It's a tough situation. I mean, John Wall's going to be there, so I think he might as well <laughs> just play and he should just come off the yeah, bench. And-, and that might improve him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Get John Wall off the bench, that's great. I think they would definitely improve the overall team. Like, you have an actual... Yeah. This good decision maker point guard out there. You don't have to play DJ Augustine anymore. You know, (laughs) that's a big plus. Or Eric Gordon as the backup point guard as well. Uh, That was he's starting right now. He's he's Mm -hmm. he's in the starting lineup right now. So yeah, Yeah, it's absurd. But four game winning streak. Shout out to the Rockets. They did lose Christian Wood tonight though, Mm -hmm. turned ankle. So. Just when it was starting to get good, you know what they say, might be too good to be true. So <laughs> <laughs> we might go uh, back to another long losing streak. Oh, gosh. Uh, t- talking about losing streaks, OKC, seven game losing streak, two of those to the Rockets. Uh, they started off really well, even despite losing Shea Gilgis for a couple games. Actually, that's when the losing streak ha- started. Never mind, <laughs> take that back. There you go. Yeah. SGA yeah, goes mean, out, they lose yeah. games. Kidley. Josh Kidley's not out, and they lose tonight. So there it is. Yeah, I mean, it was surprising. They they got off to that you know that start that they did last year, where like they were hovering around five hundred, and you're like, wow, that doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're like, oh yeah, crap, we sh- we should lose some more games. We we want those high draft picks. So right back down to the bottom. There you go. And I, I imagine we could continue to talk about this losing streak for many weeks to come. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this is probably just yeah. They're 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 starting well, to form back into who they were meant to be one, this year. One note I want to say about OKC quickly about this is that like I, I think a big thing was with them is that they have this young core and a lot of promising pieces, 
and that was like the narrative for them is like wow they have all these guys on these value deals and they're all like overperforming and now we're seeing a lot of those guys really suck yeah like, that's a good really point suck. yep i totally forgot it <laughs> yep you are right darius baisley darius is not, baisley is bad he is not molding out to you know by this point you thought he would start showing more flash more consistent right. flashes it's he like, looks like he he's struggling yeah and uh, it's, it's not because of the tank like they're giving him mm -hmm. the minutes the opportunity and he continues to be bad right yep uh Polsheski, yeah. uh project looks like he might be one of those guys that just stays a project yeah he doesn't look super great out there uh yeah i mean to Isaiah me the only Roby. three yeah. yeah is there the three guys that look like actual core pieces is door i'm happy towards still continues to get better yeah uh giddy looks super good too he looks i i he's he's one of my his he's, he's, not, is, he's my favorite rookie <laughs> this year he's abysmal he's it's got abysmal, a lot yeah. of work to do there yeah yeah <laughs> he's totally an old school basketball player he looks like a combo of steve nash and larry bird or like oh, wow. not like like a c version of larry bird yeah, out not, there yeah not, not quite the talent level <laughs> no not quite 84 larry bird but like <laughs> a younger college indiana larry bird uh, okay funky shooting form but just seems to just have eyes in the back of his head and yeah. can lead an, a good, good offense playmaker one for day. sure yeah get exactly a lot of rebounds good hustle yeah and sga of course looks he, obviously yeah, he's, he's a great, great player yeah but everybody else they easily look like they don't have to be on this roster no. next year no and, and they honestly could and like okc would no be no worse off if they lost all the players because they're mm -hmm. all they're all expendable except for sga and i guess gideon dort at this point just for the value yeah. you're getting out of them but yeah it's it's not as promising as a core as we thought it was gonna be yeah I, I i that's a good i'm glad you brought that up because i was i've been i watched a couple games and <laughs> followed their box scores i was like wow these guys are not really developing no. or molding the way i was i'm sure sam Presti was hoping they would at this point right. especially darius Baisley, four yeah, three years in the, the league now mm -hmm. top five prospects out of high school right exactly um Anyways, we'll we'll see how they, they continue going. But talking about losing, talk uh, also talking about losing streaks. Denver Nuggets losing seven of the last eight. Of course, this team might just be in the in on the ropes in terms of overall team morale. No Michael Porter, Dozier, Rivers, uh, Jokic was out for a couple of those games. Uh, and Jamal Murray is still no actual positive news of when he might come back, but. You know, Aaron Corden has just been leading this team, doing his thing. Monty Morris, Will leading Barton, his team but losses though. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah, the Nuggets just wow. They're tenth in the league, tenth in the West right now, ten, ten and eleven. Yeah. Um I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if this team falls out of the no. top eight. I, I, I can't see Jokic being able to do it all on his own. I mean, mm -hmm. he he's even been back for the last few, and they've they've only won one of the games. So, I mean, they, maybe he can keep them hovering around 500. But, yeah, that's, that's only going to net them a play-in tournament bid. And unless Murray can come back bubble Jamal Murray style, mm -hmm. I, I don't see it getting any better for them, honestly. I mean, sure, you got some bright spots in Aaron Gordon and Will Barton right now. But, I mean, Monty Morris is inconsistent. Compazzo's inconsistent. 
and you're, you're only going to get minimal production out of Jeff Green and Jermichael Green. <laughs> you know, like this team is not as deep as it. I mean, you, you're down four guys out of the rotation, and you can only be so deep. You know, and you just lost Rivers to health safety protocols, right. health and safety. It's not that I care I, about that, but yeah, <laughs> just another down another guard. But yeah, you got 34 year old Jeff Green's in the starting lineup right now <laughs> on that minimum contract that he keeps yeah. getting every year because his agent is terrible. <laughs> Jeff Green, yeah, that man has figured his way to just continue swimming in the league well into his mid 30s. Shout out to him though, but yeah, his for what? For being on the worst deal imaginable for him every year, he finds himself in a starting role on every team that he's been on, and he still gets paid a minimum. That's true. <laughs> he started so many games for the Nets last year. The Nets that had KD, Harden, and Irving was also starting Jeff Green a lot of those games. He got paid the minimum. <laughs> well. I take it back. He's 35, even more so impressive. <laughs> it's not impressive. It's three. Who cares if he's 35? He's starting in the league and he's still getting paid crap. His agent yeah, is I terrible. Mean, I just think it's a, he's it's, terrible for continuing to take these deals. <laughs> yeah, he's been getting paid under uh, $3 million since 2016. Yeah, what is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? He's worth more than a minimum. You know who gets paid a minimum is like... Pokusevsky, you know, mm-hmm. Pokusevsky's making more money than you are, Jeff Green. <laughs> Come on, man, get it together. Yeah, it's Best too late. He can't. He had his chance to get it together. It's too late. Yeah, maybe we could see Jeff Green make this list since Denver Nuggets are going to be tossing the ball <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, at for this real. point. Uh, best performance of the week, your boy Sean Jonas, JV, JV, fifteen for twenty-four, man, seven for eight from three. 39 points, 15 rebounds, three assists in that win against the Clippers. And s- yeah. Seven for seven from three in the first half. <laughs> this this is unreal. And this is for coming from a guy that historically has not shot threes at all mm-hmm. in his career. I don't think he shot a single one in Toronto. He started shooting a couple in Memphis. And all of a sudden, he's leading the league in three-point percentage when he gets traded to New Orleans. Yeah, that's crazy. This guy, what he's is shooting, he at, right? He's over 50%. 50%. Yeah. Leading the yeah. league in qualified three-point shooters. Yeah, in, two, in 2016 was his first... Actually, 2017 was the first <laughs> time he actually had actual NBA uh recorded three-point attempts right yeah like actually have something on the average there <laughs> yeah and this is four or five this is six years into his nba career that's crazy yeah. right and now and he, he now, yeah. he's, now he's the best three-point shooter in the league take that he's Steph unlocked Curry. another level yeah, yeah. this is absolutely unbelievable and like obviously he doesn't do this every night um tonight he actually had a pretty terrible game but he's doing it consistently enough where he is a threat from every part of the floor. I mean, he can mm-hmm. bang it down low. He can space the floor from three. And if you're going to pay a shooter, don't pay Duncan Robinson. Pay a man like Jonas Valanciunas <laughs> who can actually produce and get you something outside of a three-point shot too. You know? Like, yeah. how stupid does Miami look right now for paying Duncan <laughs> Robinson to suck at three-point shots and do nothing else? 
when you could have paid Jonas Valanciunas the same amount of money, he's on basically the same amount of money contract right now to lead the league in three point percentage and also average a double double. I mean, yeah, seems like a pretty no brainer to me. He's averaging 19 and 17. I mean, a couple more better games and he could be at 20 and 17, 13th in the league in rebounds per game. And like you mentioned, Sean, leading the league in three point field goal percentage. Crazy. Crazy. (laughs) I mean, can Jonas make the Western Conference all star team? I think the Pelicans are a little too bad for that, (laughs) but But his production would say otherwise. Yeah, it it might it it, it warrants a thought. Maybe it really not. Does at least put him in the three point contest. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be in the three point contest, but I bet he won't make it because of the center stigma. Right. Oh, he's a center. He's not good at threes. He's the best mm-hmm. three point shooter. Put him in the three point contest. I'm starting the campaign right now. Whoever's listening, Jonas Valanciunas three point contest. We need this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> moving on from Jonas of course we ha- somehow surprisingly have two Rockets on here Deshaun yeah, Tate though <laughs> with no KPG and no Christian Wood tonight 11 for 15 32 points 10 rebounds 7 assists 2 steals and 5 blocks to win <laughs> against the Thunder this is ridiculous 11 for 15 32 points way by far and above the best game of his entire career this is and ever great. will be and it resulted in a win <laughs> yeah a big win too. And mm-hmm. yeah, this this is the best game this guy will ever have stat wise. That like this is Jay Sean Tate we're talking about here. Like, he's an okay player, but this is <laughs> this is the most monstrous stat line I've ever seen from a guy like this. Like guys like this do not get stats like this. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 26. Win got into the league at 25. Career averages are eleven points. Thirty uh, percent from three, and five rebounds. This is yeah. well and above that. Man. I don't know if he'll fast this in him again. Blocks. Five blocks? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> For a six-four, six-four guy too. Yeah, that is wild, man. This is absolutely yeah. wild. Other Rockets, and and also in a win against the Thunder. Wow, the Thunder. Need to play some defense. Christian Wood, nine for 17, 24 points, twenty-one rebounds, one steal, and three blocks. Getting that. 2020 double double is always impressive for any guy, but Christian would going out there and doing it um, an impressive shooting efficiencies as well. And getting that commanding win against the Rockets. It's just a shame that he got injured today and couldn't follow couldn't follow this up. But mm-hmm. Christian would just, you know, playing like the way I think he should have been playing, but Steven Siles yeah. just putting him in that <laughs> four spot and moving him over to that five spot where he feels a little more comfortable. I think, uh, as quickly resulted in some rocket performances Monster. from him. Yeah. And this is what this is a bigger one. Yeah. I think hopefully I, I I'm hopeful that his injury is pretty minor. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was a chance he could even come back and play, but they decided to be cautious with it. So I'm optimistic that if he misses games, it might only be a couple of them. Um, the pretty minor ankle roll, but yeah, I mean, Christian Wood should be the focal point of this offense. And I think yeah. that's very obvious to anyone watching the games. Hopefully it's obvious to the coaching staff and Steven Silas. <laughs> um, but he he is their best player and he can dominate a game on both ends and you just got to let him operate. Um, so right. hopefully they can make adjustments to make that happen. And um, honestly, I think part of this is because Jalen Green isn't there. 
you know, <laughs> like you feel pressured to have your number two overall pick be the focal point of your offense, especially when he's such a offensive dominant player. But mm-hmm. you have to realize Christian Wood is your best offensive player. It's not Jalen exactly. Green. And Jalen Green's going to have to figure out to work with Christian Wood if you want to win at all. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's just that's just how it is. Yeah, exactly. Christian Wood last year averaged 21 points uh, and 10 rebounds before going out with that injury. Uh, this year is down to 16 and 11. So um, hopefully the, the last four the last four games that he's been playing can help him get going and can come back from this injury uh, and, you know, start producing some good numbers for this Rockets team. And because or else, man, this could be the worst team in the league, although this four win <laughs> four win win streak looks promising. Right. Uh, you got an honorary <laughs> mention here, Sean. Who do you got here? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I count as an honorary mention because if you were just a box score guy, you wouldn't mm-hmm. realize how huge of a game McCall Bridges had against the yep. Warriors. 41 minutes. He only had two points, two rebounds, and three assists. He, he did add four steals and a block, which are huge defensive stats. But this man was chasing Steph Curry around like white on rice the entire yep. game and i've never seen someone keep up with steph running around the floor there's i didn't know there was a guy in the league that could keep up with this man's cardio i mean Carl bridges did it the entire game 41 minutes of this game and it makes me think that if the warriors and Suns met in a potential western conference finals mccall bridges could be the difference between the Suns making the title and losing to the Warriors because he was able to stop Steph Curry almost single-handedly. I mean, obviously it takes some support defense to sell, to go against Steph, but he did a lot of carrying that load on his own and it cannot be overstated how big of an impact he had on this game, despite having very few numbers in the box score. Yeah. I like this guy. I think he does his role well. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he's going to be a key piece for the Suns team, especially when you're starting uh, two two offensive-minded guards and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and Chris Paul being at the age that he is, to have a guy in your back pocket like Mikel Bridges, who who's who's a versatile defender, long, you know, really that prototypical three, but even more so, one of the better ones is huge, and it's 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 just definitely important to have, especially if you want to win a championship. So. Mikkel, having a guy like Mikel Bridges on your team just does so much on the defensive end, but also just helps open things up for and relieve defensive pressures off of Chris Paul and Devin Booker so they can focus on the magic they do on the offensive end. So, yeah, yeah. I agree here. Yeah, on the, on the down low, I've been low-key following that pick swap that happened a few years ago where Phoenix and the 76ers mm. swapped picks the Suns got Bridges and the Sixers got Tyrese Maxey. And yeah. I've been following that to see who's winning that trade. And I think so far, I think both teams are pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm not sure if you remember this, but we actually brought that up in a podcast last year. <laughs> oh, and we, we were and we were definitely talking about the Suns winning that because Mikel Bridges mm. was was on yeah, there in the rotation starting and they were in yeah. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the way Tyrese Maxey has started this year. It's totally even that out. Oh um, yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, it's just a matter of opportunity, really. Yeah, exactly. So I think at one point it did look like the Suns ran away with that swap, 
by mm -hmm. clearly getting the better player. But now it's, you know, it's, it's different sides, different sides of the same quality of coin. I guess you could say Mikel Bridges yeah. on the defensive end. Tyrese Maxi really flourishing as a guard, an offensive guard for the, for, uh, for the 76ers and without Ben Simmons out there. Yeah, no, I think, as far as win-win trades go, I, I don't think it gets much better than that for those two teams, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Worst performance of the week, there Sean's pivoting out here. Your boy, Duncan Robinson. This is the been, one you were talking about. <laughs> I've been teasing it all podcast long, and if you made it this far, you get to hear that Duncan Robinson had 20 minutes. He was 0 for 7 from the field, including 0 of 6 for a 3-point specialist from 3. <laughs> For a grand total of zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, one steal, and two fouls in a loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> it's all that size. Made it hard for him oh to see the basket. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> this is just... I, I don't know if something's wrong with Duncan Robinson. Uh, maybe he's focusing too much on his podcast. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like the dude, it seems immature, honestly to me. I I don't think that he is. I, I here's honestly what I, th I think he got his money and now he's just resting on his laurels. Yep. I don't think he's worked on his game an ounce this off season, and maybe that's disrespect to him. But he's earned it this year. He's earned the disrespect because he's been playing mm -hmm. like absolute garbage the entire year. This this worst performance, it's the worst one of all of them. But he's had a number of bad performances this year, and he's been terrible from three. He's had terrible defense. He's offering nothing from rebounds, assists, n nothing. He offers you nothing, and he's a starter on this team. And it's baffling. It's baffling that he got that contract. It made no sense to me when he got it. It will continue to make no sense for years to come. And man, this guy better find some sort of just miracle, you know, to to make his NBA career valuable because he's he's getting solely paid off of his bubble performance at this point. Mm -hmm. At least we're seeing Tyler Harrow break out and be a good NBA player again. He had a bad year last year, swept that under the rug. He's been great this year. Duncan Robinson right. is one of the worst rotation players in the league right now. Yeah, and he's playing for a team that wants to be a serious contender for them to be allocating the amount of minutes they are to him. It's a it's tough for it's tough for Miami, I'm sure, to to see that. Uh but yeah, Duncan Robinson is 36% from the field right now, well below what he was in the bubble at 47, even last year at 44, even struggling from the free throw line weirdly. 60% free throw shooter what? right now. What? <laughs> this is insane, dude. This is actually insane. I've never seen a guy become so much worse. Like when he should be improving every year. Like he's young, you know? Like he obviously he's not like 21, but he's young. He should be improving every year at this stage of his career. Or at least staying the same. Why are you getting astronomically worse out of nowhere? Like... <laughs> Is Miami Beach just is just too fun? Like you're just not <laughs> playing basketball anymore? Like I don't get it, man. I really don't. Like have you haven't seen Tyler Harrow in the gym putting in those reps? Like <laughs> you you thought you could just you know go out there and sit on the three-point line and hope they go in? Come on. 
I could have put up this stat line. I could have shot zero <laughs> for seven I, and gotten no rebounds and assists in 20 minutes. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> could you have done the two fouls, you think? A hundred percent, yeah. So the steal would be the hard one. Yeah, but, the steal would be the hard one. <laughs> but if I'm out there for 20 minutes. I could hide behind someone, maybe grab a steal. I don't know. Yeah. All, odds aren't bad, honestly. Like this No. This is one of the most replicatable stat lines I've ever seen. Like <laughs> for a nor an average human being to, to replicate what Duncan Robinson did in an actual NBA game is so yeah. absurd. I don't know if I could add anything. Duncan Robinson. I mean, even despite that, the Heat still are 13, 13 and 8, third in the Eastern yeah, Conference. Despite his trash play, they're still 13 and 8. That is Top impressive. Five. Yeah, top five in offensive rating too. So they're they're. I mean, part of, a lot of that's just a more to more so to do with Jimmy Butler and uh, Tyler Harrow, as you already alluded to. Yeah, Bam. finding finding their Bam. notch. Bam. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, and like yeah, they have a lot of great pieces. You know, mm-hmm. you know, play Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup <laughs> over Duncan Robinson at this point. I think that'd honestly be better. He's actually playing good <laughs> basketball. Vincent. Yeah, I'd play Gabe Vincent over Duncan Robinson, hundred percent. 37% three-point shooter. I'd take yeah. that. Yeah, I'd uh, take that. Oh, way better than Duncan Robinson right now, man. Jeez. <laughs> Steph Curry. I can't believe you added this man to this list, but I guess it's worth noting. Well 36 deserved. minutes, yeah. 4 for 21, 12 <laughs> points, two turnovers, and a... I want to say it's a big loss, but I mean it's it's a good it's, it's a good it's a game. It's a checkpoint. I'd say it's a mm-hmm. statement loss. Yeah, the the Suns made a statement in that win. And yeah, I mean, for as good as Michael McCall Bridges defended Steph, Steph shot terribly. You know, this was one of his worst shooting nights of all time. I think there's mm-hmm. a stat where like this is one of Steph's worst shooting nights, shooting over uh, over 20 shots in a game. And yeah, I think that deserves a worst performance of the week when it comes from a guy that's been so good this year that you expect to be great every night. Um, and he was he was a negative for the team. In this game, yeah. honestly, that's just he didn't even get assists. You know, like when Steph struggles with shots, like you can usually count on him to play make, but he he didn't do that either. Like he was just completely stifled this game. Yeah, tough showing from Steph Curry. Um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. Four oh, for yeah, twenty one sure. is, but it's a it's a show. It's a sign. It's a sign yeah, of like it, a statement from no. the Suns. The Suns are no joke, and they take. I mean, they don't again. They're not a team that has that defensive go-to player that you're like wow that you know like a bam or a Giannis, but they just play overall strong defense and good offense as and a McCall, team and McCall Bridges is making his case for being that player yeah though. it's true McCall Bridges is I think if he can stifle Steph again on Friday the I he's creeping his way into that all first team all defense oh yeah I think so yeah um there, there's a couple new faces we might see on that team. I'd put Alex Caruso as a new face oh, potentially yeah, on there for too. For sure, <laughs> and I, I'd love to see OG Ananobi make that too. But mm-hmm. it depends on how long he's going to be out, and we have no yeah, idea how long that's going to be. That guy's got to come back. Uh, yeah. Anyways, closing off the podcast here. Final thoughts: Is the East better than the West? <laughs> since since the 21st century, this feels more epic than it should. But <laughs> since the 2000s. Just in the last 22, 22 seasons, uh, the the East has only put up a better record versus the West once, 231 versus 2019 versus in the 2008-2009 season uh, was the only time the East put up a better record against the West. 
at winning over half of those games. Uh, this year, though, the East might look like they could be better than the West, even though mm. that's only happened once. The East 1 through 11 seed right now have 500 records, where the West only has 1 through 9. Uh, the West has four teams that have won that have only won 34% or less of their games. The East has two, but they do have the league worst Pistons. But <laughs> even despite that, the East has several teams that are just up and coming. They're doing significantly better than I think a lot of us thought they would. The Bulls, Wizards, Cavaliers, Hornets, you know, young stars, uh, young, good rookies, Scott Barnes, Cade, uh, Evan Mobley, the West. You know, we don't really quite, they don't really have quite the numbers that the East does. Looking at a team that's doing better than expected, the Grizzlies, I guess you could add to that list. Not even, they're at 500 again. Yeah, exactly. So, so far it looks like the East might actually be better than the West, which is something I haven't been used to seeing since, since I've started watching basketball. Yeah, same. I mean, overall, yeah, the East has more solid teams, Mm -hmm. but... The West has two teams at 18 and three. So true. It all depends on your definition of best, I guess. Right. And mm-hmm. the two, the two best teams right now are in the West. Um, but overall as, as a conference, the East, yeah, they, they do look better I, I, right now. They do look better, but I mean, obviously we're not seeing the Lakers and Clippers at full strength yet. Um, Denver, yeah, Denver has been hit hard with injuries um so th- that's three i mean and damian lillard with injury right. too so there there's a lot of factors going into some of the west struggles but that's just how it goes and maybe this is right. the year we see that the east just happens to have the good fortune and these teams have solid days yeah exactly no zion as well no zion no zion yeah sure yeah yeah well thanks everybody for tuning in and uh we'll keep track on this east versus west narrative and what else is going down with the rest of the NBA? So don't forget to tune in and tune out. So thanks, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.